0: Space Podcast, Third Space Podcast, Third Space Podcast, Third Space Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Third Space Podcast, episode number 74, No Pain, No Game. That's a popular phrase, so fitting for a title. It's Super Tuesday, uh, the Tuesday either before or after the Super Bowl, Daniel and I discuss that famous football event that I'm definitely aware of. And then I lead Daniel on an adventure. A Valentine's Day-themed adventure, sort of, an adventure in etymology. Uh, It's a recurring segment that we've done a number of times in the past where I try to have Daniel guess the etymological origin of certain words. And then lastly, Daniel brings up the topic of the pain gate theory of pain control, Uh, He's learning about that due to the rapidly approaching birth of his first child. Uh, This is a method of pain control that you can apparently use to lessen pain by essentially distracting your nervous system. Very interesting topic, one I had not heard of before, but we discuss the physiological and psychological implications of the theory. It was a fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Yes, it is. That's today. That's that uh, As you know, and I certainly know, the Super Bowl it, uh, either was this past Sunday or is this upcoming Sunday. I'm pretty sure it was this past Sunday. <laughs> no, it's this upcoming Sunday. It's, I mean, yes. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. And it's yeah. this upcoming, so really, because I heard yeah. my neighbors through my wall on Sunday, and I thought, oh, <laughs> oh, it must be Super Bowl time. Do you know who's in it? I, of course I do, um, <laughs> but with the, with the reason I knew, I got clued in that it was um, Super Bowl time, aside from hearing my neighbors, uh, in my grocery store, I saw a display that, <laughs> That's your cue. That clued me in. And I wanted to ask like you... Like beer or... or I, I, know. I know a lot of... I know a lot about football um, and about professional sports yeah. in general. But yeah. there's one thing I saw that I'm not... I don't know what it means. So I wanted to ask you if you know. Apparently, according to this display, this Super Bowl is going to be a level three Super Bowl. And I don't know oh. what that refers to. Uh, maybe it's a scale of like one to five. But it said... <laughs> it said really big level 3 and i wanted to know does that mean it's going to be more intense or a bigger crowd or like what's the difference between the different levels of super bowl um i do not know <laughs> and ah, that's and disappointing I'm, it was just yeah. this really i mean that was it was almost all that was displayed was level 3 so i figured it must be a gigantic deal i lv and then three, three. I'm thinking. LV I mean, it's obvi- and then three, the Roman numeral three. Do you really three? not
1: know? <laughs> like, like I, I don't know. Oh, l- wait. So is I'm it thinking, really saying level three, or is this a joke that I'm not getting that you're saying? It, or is it like definitely, l- 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 are you saying LV? LV,
0: it, l- 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 a. I assume that stands for level, right? And then oh, there's okay. the Roman numeral three. <laughs> Which oh. apparently means that it's a level three Super Bowl this year. Oh my god, I didn't know. My brain was actually trying to solve your
1: stupid puzzle, <laughs> <laughs> So I'd like to. Know, uh, I was like, if you know, I'd I like, like to know what that. I was actually inventing reasons. I was like, well, it couldn't be the size of the stadium, so perhaps it's something something about broadcasting, because like in terms of like maybe maybe like. 'Cause they're experimenting around with like Hulu having coverage of a particular game or only this having the playoffs of this sport and this like Netflix might buy the rights to something and I was like, Oh, maybe level three means yeah, it's only behind Apple T V if you want the Super Bowl. Can you imagine, by the way? Weird, oh, right? Like totally different than how we approach it. Um but not L V that'd be Fifty-eight. Does that mean really though? That's what this is. It was Roman numeral? Uh, not to. I probably should have endured the joke about. <sighs> after, uh, yeah, but. yeah, that's
0: funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny.
1: Um, uh, that was. Well, I was actually conjuring up broadcasting terminology and going. Mm, yeah, like
0: the last like, two years apparently not as good. This one will be a level three though.
1: Level. <laughs> we went from one to two to three. <laughs> yeah. So fans.
0: Short. Fans are in for a treat this year when the. <laughs> Broncos fight the Dolphins or whatever.
1: <laughs> Wait, those two are not in it. Name some like good, you know, historically good teams. Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Georgia Bulldogs. Bulldogs dogs. Go Dogs.
0: Woof woof. Sycam.
1: Sycam Dawgs. They, are well, a they good should team. be. They should be in it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that right now. In the in the college
0: Super Bowl, you know. Um, Super Tuesday. That's what they call it today. Yeah.
1: Your favorite, your favorite city is uh, playing. Oh, you know, um, least, least Reno,
0: Reno, Nevada. No, that's your actual favorite. Your, your oh, sarcastically your sarcastically favorite, favorite. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri.
1: Yeah, yeah, Kansas City, the, the old Kansas the old City,
0: Kansas City's K- Kansas you know, City
1: those. barbecues. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> it's the know, chiefs you know the kansas team? city yes. chiefs actually yes. i
0: know some of the team names so
1: yeah i don't know how how do you know them by the way just the uh, sort of osmosis cultural yeah, absorption
0: just, like just, just absorb enjoy. it like just like i know other stuff that's on commercials and billboards sometimes and like then this one was about yeah like a chalupa <laughs> yeah I, w- I wouldn't even know what that is but i've seen it before you know the
1: Chiefs and the Chalupa and Chalupas because because you know osmosis.
0: Yep. That's what's so the weird. other What's the other team? Give me a clue. I um, I'm trying I to think no of a idea. clue. Um, the uh, Seahawks. It's, it's it's kind of named
1: after a gold rush kind of thing, I believe. The, ru- the Ye- 49ers. Yes. Yes.
0: Oh yeah. The San Francisco 49ers.
1: Yeah. Look at you. Listen to me. <laughs> Do you think it's also because? Um, Sports teams are reasonably, I mean, they come up with like, you know, NBA will have like the Pelicans or something, and you would be like, what? I didn't know that was a team or whatever. Um, I could see you not knowing that the Pelicans No, I don't know, you know that one. I don't, I don't know as much um, about
0: basketball teams. I'm, I'm but pretty good is, at recognizing baseball teams and football teams, I think. Basketball, not Is so just much.
1: because franchises tend to stay put for like some length of time, but players, I mean, you know, I don't know what averages <laughs> are, but they're not very long, and so yeah, you'll well. be like, you, you like, are vaguely aware of Tom Brady, like, that's your level of like super <laughs> rock, superstar status. It's like, it's like re- your knowledge of yeah, football of is, Tom Brady, and you know, like, in wrestling, you'd be like, Oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan and Diamond Dallas Page. And like, what's funny is, I Hulk could name Hogan's more like, wrestlers than players, yeah, you could because we went through a period in like fifth grade, we were all watching it and all, I couldn't, but like,
0: I couldn't identify uh Tom Brady in like a lineup of people. What's funny what is he, because you have like. ad
1: blocker. He has been doing these Hertz rent a car commercial, and, and he keeps and their whole slogan is "Love Hurts and it's like that he he because he, he had this big scandal, and he gets up there like in real life. I think he was like, I don't know, went through this very public divorce. I'm not even sure. I don't follow that stuff. But now he's doing this cheese ball rent a car, and like he jumps on a couch of a fake talk show, kind of harkening back to Tom Cruise. You remember when he yeah, did that on right. Oprah, and like, and he's like. I love hurts, and they're like, "Love hurts, love hurts," and and they're playing on his like relationship falling apart. I think, and he's like, "I really love hurts," and they're Weird. and their commercial because even it even starts by saying. All the people want to know. Uh, you've had you've been in the headlines for quite some time recently for some not so great. Re- I don't know. They like <laughs> they allude to the relationship by saying you've been in the headlines about love and all of this. But we really want to know: Do you love hurts or whatever? I'm not getting it exactly, but it's just very bizarre because A, he has you know tons of money and name recognition and all, so he's doing this absolute cheeseball commercial. And B, like, are we just kind of like making light of his, you know? relationship crumb like his fundamental relationship in life crumbling I, I, that he's choosing to poke fun at in, in a way that's like not even edgy or sleek but like a a the kind of commercial that comes on hulu while like frequently while i'm watching bob's burgers like it's i'm inundated <laughs> with these this it's an ad campaign with three or four of these dumb Hertz rent a car commercials it's like they've it t- like i'm not their target audience they're just like mass blasting it everywhere
0: Ugh. Uh, what is this the guy? Is this the guy who like? Uh, <laughs> is this the guy who like kneels and prays and stuff? Uh, no. Is that um, uh, Tim T Bone? That's Tim T Bone. <laughs> okay,
1: I get those two confused. Yeah, Tim T Bone. Well, he just he played college football very successfully and not, not pro. F- Football successfully. I think he's. I don't know if he's still doing anything with pro football. Like he, mm. he tried, didn't do well. He was not designed for, he, you know. He, anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> he just didn't do that well in the pros, even okay. though he was like a god to ESPN during that era and to Florida and all that. Uh, very funny that you kind of lump them into the, they, uh, they do They're the same. They're basically the same person. Quarterback kind of treated as Superman, like handsome guys that cool yeah. name I don't know <laughs> good yeah. name it sounds yeah. like a biker name Tim
0: T-bone. T- Tim T-Bone Tim T-Bone I don't know why you add the bone because <laughs> you know? it's cool well, I mean why wouldn't yeah. you add it if, if that was your name so it's, like, it's a great well, it's like, actually, nickname it's, it's bow like, like bow tie <laughs> Tim Bowtie? yeah Tim T-Bow t T-bo. oh T-Bow <laughs> T-bo. <laughs> yeah that's disappointing Um, I have uh, I have another topic I want to shift I'm bored of football I know too much about it and I'm tired (laughs) of recounting all the things we get it we get it yeah Uh, um, you know Valentine's Day is next week and I thought I might propose to you a Valentine's Day yes Bennett adventure (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, an adventure proposed. An adventure. An,
0: you an ad, a Valentine's Day adventure in etymology.
1: Oh yeah, good.
0: Very romantic, etymology. right? Yes, it's and seasonal, so it's on. Yeah. From the list of uh of words and phrases uh, that I already had, I curated three that are yeah more some, somewhat kind of related to Valentine's Day, and those are the ones that we're gonna do. Excellent. Can I tell you a quick side story?
1: We all have knowledge gaps. We don't really know. You know, there's just dumb things that we thought the way things were when really, you know, we should have recognized it a lot sooner. And I think you might mm-hmm. know this about me, but it might have been it might have been third or fourth grade, maybe fifth grade, maybe last year. I don't know. Uh, I seriously don't know when it was, was younger, but I thought it was Valentine's Day, as in like oh, the yeah. time of day. Uh, <laughs> and I just, just, it made sense. It's like the times for Valen, or whatever. I don't know what <laughs> Valen is. I'm a kid, and I don't know lots of words, and Valen might mean love, for all I know, and just Valen, the time of Valen. Um, Valentine's Day. And, Valentine's. and and there's almost some resistance. I don't remember the moment it confronted me, but you probably had those like moments where you're like, no, no, no. Um, and, and actually, so, so and, and then one, one more quick thing. I was working with a student on her paper recently, and she had made notes to herself, and she said um, she wanted to make a point, and she wanted to time it back to the earlier point. And I said, did you mean to write tie it back? And she's like, uh, and I could tell this was a moment <laughs> you where. Gotcha. Yeah, she's in 10th grade, and she she just, like, just realized it's not, like, tie it back. You you can like to me I've always thought of tying like you're you're looping it back, you're, mm-hmm, these, mm-hmm. these images of tying it and pulling it together, all the metaphor is all synchronous in my mind. So time it back through me, and I and I asked her, "Is this one of these times where you just realized that?" that? And she goes, "Yeah," and I, and I really liked that. So, uh, and then she ke- she kept going on with the question, and I was just so stuck on it. I, go, I didn't listen to anything you just said. I was just thinking about tie it back versus time it back. <laughs> Can you repeat your question? Um, so, knowledge gaps. I'm ready for adventures in
0: etymology. Uh, all right. Um, <clears throat> uh, okay, so the first uh, the first word is spinster. Do you know what a spinster is?
1: Uh, they kind of, like, take stories and narratives and twist them, the little spinster, like, little, uh, maybe. Someone who's, Um, like, a little, little
0: Have you ever heard heard a a woman referred to as a spinster?
1: Um, do they, do they weave clothes together? They weave (laughs) narratives in and out, and they're, like, a little taken, like, little gossipy, uh, spinster. (laughs) Am I, am I wrong here? I was, like, uh, kind of uh, vaguely, like.
0: You may, maybe, sorry, kind of. Comment. I think I should know the word. You're yeah, kind
1: of I, making me a little embarrassed. Like no, no that's, I that's all right. People it's not, would assume you know the word, but no, I, it's yeah. not
0: a. Uh, it's not a super commonly used word anymore. Um, but uh, why, why don't why don't I give you the three options and you can kind of tell me your uh, your kind of your knee jerk thought on um, which uh, which which is the correct etymology for the word, spinster. Okay. Um, yeah. So the first option uh, is that it originates from the Middle English period uh, when unmarried women were supposed to occupy themselves with spinning, uh, that is to say making cloth.
1: Unmarried, it, that sounds, anyway, sorry. There you that's go, like, yeah. Okay. And yeah. it
0: usually describes uh, a woman who was beyond the expected age of marriage. Uh, so that's why often women can be referred to as spinsters and they are typically unmarried women. That's that's kind of the colloquial at least that's the, uh, the connotation of the word that I've um, I think heard. now I'm thinking of like harlot and hussy and spinster.
1: These are sort of <laughs> like, like, you know, kind of just insults to women. Like no, it's, it's, it's a not. negative. It's not a negative. It feels like what a spinster. Like, I just spin- feel spinster,
0: like... spinster might have come along with a, a, a little bit of a negative connotation, but it's certainly not in the same category as harlot. And what, what else did you say? I don't know. And floozy hussy. and hussy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not okay. it's not like that. It's not a it's not a uh, it's not a slut. It's a uh yeah. it's just an unmarried it's just an unmarried woman, which might as well be the same thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm, yeah. Like I'm actually so I'm imagining polite society calling like in kind of hushed tones, there goes a spinster. And that's maybe why I've picked up on it. Man, that man, they must be a harlot, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't think it. Okay, wait, wait. I, I
0: don't think it historically had those. Those. Do kinds you? Re- of will, you re-
1: will you read that one more time? Yeah. The definition, just for my sake. Now that I'm settled in and understand the word better.
0: Yes, the possible origin for the word spinster is that it originates from the Middle English period when unmarried women were supposed to occupy themselves with spinning, aka making cloth. Yeah, and it, and it usually describes a woman who is beyond the expected age of marriage.
1: Okay. Seems,
0: seems like it could be the case. Yeah, yeah. The, seems reasonable. The, the second possibility for where the word came from is that it originates from the practice that spiders have of spinning a web. So as you probably know, uh, female spiders spin webs, and then they also sometimes eat their male counterparts. Uh, and this was a negative portrayal um, ascribed to women, unmarried women in particular, who had grievances against men. That also that seems that's very good, but it feels benedish
1: to me, like it's like that's a good connection that's made up, uh, is how my 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 that's what my gut tells me.
0: Alright. Well then here's a third option. <clears throat> uh, Spencer originated by referring to a person now nowadays it's always a woman, but historically it wasn't always, uh, a woman, but a person who bitterly spins stories about the opposite mm. sex to explain his or her loneliness. So um, the, the reason why it picked up the word spin is because any story that was uh, kind of arrayed against this particular person would spin it around uh, to face the other direction. And the word spin, of course, comes from spinning thread, which means to revolve or twist the thread.
1: And that fits where my my when I poorly define or inadequately define the terms or incorrectly define the term. Uh, my spinster has that like snake oily salesman who will spin your story like and make it different. Mm. Uh, which given that you and I like, I think create have some creative overlap with language, or at least we think maybe it could even just be a product of us knowing each other so long that if I had to guess. You made up that one too, even though that seems they all three. I, I like when you do this, Bennett. You do a good <laughs> job. Like they all three seem plausible. They all three, the, and sometimes you add like a term like. What was the first phrase you used in the first definition? With the spinning of the cloth you you said in some time period. Middle time English. Period? Yeah, it just feels like you that. It's pretty clever, Mid- middle English. Uh, like that could be a Bennett thing too. They all have a little Bennett in there. Little
0: bits of fake stuff that I just sprinkle yeah. in there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially fake, like jargonistic, like academic sounding stuff. I try um, my best.
0: So if, if you, I'm if actually okay, so, pick so one. we have
1: we have the spider, which is number two. We have the storytelling, mm-hmm. which is number three, and number yep. one is the sort of more cloth. thing um there's something that is a little incoherent about the first one that is if you're supposed to be spinning and you're not why would we call you a spinster because you're not married and you're you're not doing your role so that doesn't no no
0: no. unmarried women
1: are are called spinsters yeah yes
0: are expected to spend their time spinning clothes if you're married then you have other other things to do like taking care of your kids and stuff
1: Gotcha. I just thought that was like a common thing women should be doing. They should. Be, OK, so they should be making clothes uh, that just, that it's actually maybe the weakest, which is why I'm going to say it's the actual one. So that's that I'm going with they should be spending their time spinning clothes. That's well, that, what I'm guessing, because it's the worst one.
0: You got it. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice job. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You're nice. better at etymology than actual <laughs> <the> etymology. <mystery. laughs> than, than The real etymology. Good.
0: Uh, good intuition on that one. Um, hopefully, this Valentine's Day, all the spinsters will be uh, busy making, making some clothes or something and not bitching <laughs> Sexy about clothes how for the married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make some sexy clothes for the married folk, you know? Right. <laughs> um, all right. The next word that I chose uh, is a word we've actually talked about it in the last two podcasts. Um, so I almost didn't choose it for that reason, but it's the word holiday. Valentine's Day is a yeah. holiday. So yeah. I might as well. See if you know where it came from. Um,
1: um, no, I don't. so I've I'm left. on holiday instead of vacation. You know, European people say I'm on holiday. Yeah, so,
0: those guys are so weird. To-
1: or, yeah, yeah. Do they say that even on, like on the weekend? It's Saturday. It's like, leave me, instead of saying, hey, it's the weekend. or oh, it's Saturday. Don't bother me. Well, they say like, I'm on holiday. Leave me alone.
0: Like, I yeah, I, feel I think like that that's what they say. They say like, oh, I'm yeah. on holiday eating crisps or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of weirdos. Um, all right. The first potential definition uh, or origin for the word holiday is that it's a contraction of holy day. Uh, It's originally only referring to religious celebrations of important days of the Christian faith, such as Christmas and Easter, and then eventually it was expanded to mean any day of celebration. That seems
1: very plausible.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Just seems
1: super, because I think of it as like, a Western word anyway and Western Christianity, the overlap. Cause even when you add the Christian part, I thought you were just going to say religious holidays and holiday. And I'm like, when you added the Christian part, I thought maybe not, but actually that tracks even more so. So I'm feeling <laughs> like that might be it, but keep uh, going. I don't, right. I don't know how you're going to beat that
0: one. All right. The, se- the second option <clears throat> is that it's a contraction. It's another contraction of Holland day. Uh, and this originated with the globe spanning Dutch trading company, um, uh, you, I'm sure you know, since you're geographically aware, that Dutch people are from Holland. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, anyway, it the Nether- referred... The
1: Netherlands, yes. Holland, Dutch
0: area. Yep. That's right. And uh, so it, it referred to any day on which the merchants were free of work upon their return to Holland after a long voyage. Uh, and then this uh, celebration of lack of work eventually spread to other ports and then to anyone free from work for a day. Oh, uh, Holland what? Day.
1: no, no. I mean, it was was interesting and specific enough to go, Bennett wouldn't come up with that degree of specificity with just the right balance of applicability. But I think you did.
0: So keep going. All right. The third option is another contraction. This one is of Holly Day. Uh, This one was coined in the early 1700s when the holly plant became England's national decoration (laughs) for the royal Christmas feast. And uh, London was decked in holly. You've heard that, um, that phrase yeah, in Christmas deck, songs. Deck the hollies. Deck the holly with... Bowls ball. of Christmas. Bows of halls, yeah. <laughs> um, the balls of Christmas. Deck the holly and balls of Christmas. That's how the lyrics go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people colloquially called the day of decoration Holly Day, and afterwards the name stuck to any day requiring special decoration, even when no holly oh, was involved. that's pretty good.
1: I'll give... I'll give you that. That one's pretty good too. Um, and Holiday, you know, versus Holy Day. I'm going to stick with my. I, Holy Day. I don't know why we would shift from ho- Holiday, 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 Holiday. Yeah, we're there. It, it was the first one. I think it went from Holy Day to Holiday. I do. I just don't think it was Holland Day. And then Holly is just kind of like, oh, I got it. I can I can make something with Holly and oh, it even fits with the ho- like a holiday, so it's perfect and and you did a good job. You might again have Holly. you might again have out etymolo- etymologized etymology, but I think it's a
0: Oh, you got Can't it again. My- 2 for 2, man. Yes.
1: And I'm and I'm, I'm I think I'm really on it. Like I think I'm reading your brain right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like
1: yeah. Yeah, I th- I just think all my commentary was so accurate. That's why I said it. <laughs>
0: no, you're, I can't dispute. You're on it. <laughs> you're, you're on it. Do
1: you even so. agree, though, my dumping a little on the Holland one? Like, you're like, but, it, you know, it was good, by the way. I mean, it was creative. And, like, you were lim- you were working with limited. Uh, you had to, it was a good choice to say that this was a contraction, and then you you were limited in what you could play with, and you did a pretty good job. You did a great job with the last one. Holland. Um,
0: I yeah. I I thought Holland Holland Day was
1: charming. It was,
0: de- it was decent, and it it's, it was charming it's, and creative, historically feasible. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, at least a little bit.
1: So, it is. It's all like it was a good answer. It would have been the best answer if you. I mean, the it Dutch
0: had, been- had a huge trading thing back in that time period, right? And so they were all over the world and. You know, merchant ships and sailors so if I were, were a little a smarter, <laughs> if I were and a little so,
1: smarter and knew a little bit about that, I, I vaguely pulled, yeah, weren't they huge into trading? I think that's what he's pulling. Yeah, like I, I,
0: I could just easily I'm imagine them celebrating, you know, when they finish a long, you know, month-long voyage across the ocean and they make it to the port, they have Holland Day and yeah. don't work. I can imagine that. I like it. Um, all right, third and final uh, word related to Valentine's Day: handsome. Uh, you've heard that word before.
1: Yes, yes. I've never thought about it. Now that I think, hand. It's a some. weird word, isn't it? Hand, hands. Well, just because hand and some are definitely familiar words to anyone. Pretty much everyone English. has some yeah. hands.
0: So, yeah, like, why is it hands. why is it special to be handsome? Like, everyone has hands.
1: Yeah, to have them, yeah, to have some. yeah. Let's um, hear it. Let's, I, I don't know where we're going to go with this.
0: All right, first, uh, first potential origin, uh, it refers to the size of a man's hands. The larger the hands, the more masculine the man, and the more handsome he is. Uh, this came to be synonymous with attractiveness. Hmm, seems pretty good. Go ahead. Uh, Second potential option uh, derives from the name of the 1800s British playboy and aristocrat, John Malcolm Hand, who, according to legend, had 14 wives and over 70 mistresses before he turned 50, largely due to his good looks and charm.
1: That's good. Why why the sum at the end? John Malcolm Hand? um... Yeah,
0: uh, I assume it just kind of means... You're kind of like hand. Your hands. Like some, instead of saying I don't
1: handish, handish. Yeah, handish.
0: Kind of like, I don't know. I Can't explain that. Uh,
1: that's interesting because if I'm looking for patterns, typically if you more within our game of Bennett's, I'm more trying to read Bennett's brain than investigate the history, and because uh, uh, I feel safer, or I like I I know Bennett's brain more than I know history, so I should investigate <laughs> that instead of, and and like. This has, this has sort of a Bennett, a flair to it, and so. But it would thrill you if you were looking up the word handsome, saw that it was some guy, and oh, I'm gonna fool Daniel with this because he'll think I wrote it. And so I'm kind (laughs) of like don't want to be completely dismissive
0: of it. What's the third one? All right, the third one, uh, it originally meant easy to handle, as in convenient to fit in the hand. And that was eventually expanded uh, to use. Eventually expanded use to mean something that was fit or appropriate, which was then later expanded to mean anything with a pleasant form, which then finally ended up referring to people's appearance. Uh, That one might be true, and it's just sort of
1: boring, (laughs) because some etymology etymology is boring. I think some is it's unexciting. The gaps are a little strange that has it it doesn't have to be perfect that the interesting thing about etymology is not always perfectly logical you have to just see you have it's like it's logical if you are squinting you know yeah that's what etymology is is like you squint with the logic of it and that has a good squinty logic um can you walk me through the the three the beats of that one again of uh, uh, it started as hands... Yep. Uh, it originated bit, as
0: easy to handle. Easy to handle. Uh, and, you know, which essentially translated or meant convenient to fit in your hand. Um, and then that was expanded to refer to just anything that was fit or appropriate, whether or not it was in your hand. And then later that came to mean anything with a pleasant form. Uh, and then finally... Yeah, like it fits know, well, to,
1: changes. Right. Ugh, i'm 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 gonna choose that one and I'm not happy about it because it's not particularly good uh, yeah,
0: three for three, my friend yeah oh, you're, you <laughs> you're an etymological adventurer maybe not much of an adventure if it, you just got them all.
1: <laughs> I mean, there were risks, and I was I was the least sure of that one because I was like, I think you just can't. You can't bring yourself to kind of write a boring one, um, <laughs> you know, like, and, and that was kind of a boring one.
0: And well, it, I'll tell you again, my process, it, my, my, my process, it starts with the word. So I just hear a word and I go, huh, that's a weird word. I wonder where that came from. And, you know, if it's a word that I have an idea of where it might have come from, but I don't actually know, that's how it was with handsome. I thought, oh, it probably comes from the size of your hand.
1: Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, that is the most attractive answer. I think it's likely that these etymological, these, these adventures in etymology, will confuse me more. I will not walk away and remember handsome right. in connection with with what you have said. The actual journey well, was. I'm going mean, to be like, yeah, hands and uh, male attractiveness. The sort of <laughs> there's something about masculinity and size and all of this, you know. But um, I you think put, about the, the sexual that- undertones of it, you know. That
0: the actual origin is kind of funny, right? Like if you say, "Oh, wow, he's handsome," then you're saying, "Oh, he's easy to handle," which that's not, you know, <laughs> it's not the same thing. And and, and in many cases, it could be op- the opposite. Even. Well,
1: easy to handle, then it fits well. And then the people, once things started fitting well, I imagine its slang started to catch on and be like, "Oh, like it's oh, that's just satisfying. That's like attractive. Like there's some oh yeah, like." This, whether you, I'm, I'm imagining you, you are even building something and the piece fits just so, and you would use whatever, like handsome or whatever the word was, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, almost as an expression of darn right, that's good. And then, then once it made its way to people, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of this kid slang term, um, that mean, what is, hold on, I, Cause it's very. Well, I, funny, I probably but... know.
0: I probably know it. I'm hip uh, with the uh, the lingo. Uh, oh man, I don't want to spend time on lit. This. That's really lit. I'll look it, it up. If something is really cool or um, <laughs> entertaining, it's lit. It refers to literature because kids really like literature. It's slang. That's the of etymology. Like
1: riz. The, yeah. have you heard riz? Oh. Yeah, I've heard
0: you... riz, which is um Oh,
1: and okay. So, uh G <laughs> Y A T, gat, gat. Are you G-Y-A-T? familiar with this term?
0: Yeah. Um yeah. it no, I, I I'm not. Um does it refer to okay. a gun, like a gat. Uh no. You want to guess again? Is it um is it like uh a blackism that's refers to like gat damn
1: is yes, it? actually, That's it? but it then it well it started that way. People writing that in, yeah, like, get dang, and then got shortened to gat But then it got applied so much to like attractive, hot, like hot women and stuff oh. that now kids it's were own, it's dumb own thing. and they confused it as like you've got a nice booty, um, oh. and so gat like means like nice ass <laughs> and, <laughs> weird. Like, yeah yeah because dumb kids on the internet were seeing it and, and then they made it a thing like act- I, which is actually upsetting now you have kids developing slang built on like misunderstandings and oh, i guess that that's all maybe that's always been the case things have evolved with like some form of experiment and at its core going yeah and, like it still, like, has the spirit of it. Yeah. But weird to me to say Gat means, like, nice. kind of like she's hot. hot, nice booty. Yeah, like that kind of thing. That's funny. Uh,
0: <laughs> adventures adventures in etymology in the future are going to be pretty fun.
1: And we'll have a lot of them, too. And it's un- like it's unclear the staying power, I mean, of something like, you know, Gat and Riz and stuff like that. Like, how long is that going to stay around?
0: Mm-hmm. So you should do uh, adventures in um, slang or something. I should. That would I should be really fun. Consider that because. But uh, I know it also so it wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be that good. I'm pretty. <laughs> well, I don't. Here's what's my to the ground. You,
1: you ask teenagers, even good, good faith teenagers, like the ones I'm teaching, and go, "Hey, um, I want to like come up with some of the slang." Like weirdly. The language they use, they cannot think of on the spot. They're like, I don't know. Like, we don't really use any slang. How weird is that? Yeah, it's just a lack of awareness, right? The, of what the, the very language that they're using, they don't—they're not aware of, or maybe they're embarrassed and don't want to tell me the like. Because a lot of it's probably, you know, I don't know, edgy and stuff like
0: that. It's pretty but, bogus, bro. Bo- bro, yeah,
1: yeah, totally, totally,
0: totally, um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> What's funny is that
1: cool is slang, but yeah, cool right. really got so rooted that said, like, what's slang for cool? And 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 I wonder if I was really young, if I would even understand that cool, we've gotten more casual. Like, I understand growing up, I understood growing up that cool was somehow casual to say. And so slang and something being casual, there was, like, there was an additional layer. Like, I know all slang is casual. Cool doesn't actually mean cold to the touch. Uh, and so it's not literal, so that's another marker for it being slang. But if I'm a kid raised today in an uber-casual environment in which like teachers say cool regularly, I don't know that my teachers ever said cool. Like That would have been a young person language, and now that that line is blurred more, uh, yeah, I don't know if I
0: would have understood that cool was fundamentally just slang. We could... On the Third Space podcast, we could be a slang factory, like we could. You know, we have a pretty big influence, I would say, in the uh, in the culture, and so uh, we yeah. we could we could come up Creating. with new new slang, new ways to say, you know, all the things that I, people will really want to express but don't have a perfect word for.
1: I heard there was this really like this mega. I'm gonna go look into this, but like I heard this story. I believe there was a mega church or something like this, and they were like, well, they wanted to do something like that. They had a lot of influence and they started using it. And uh, they used this particular term, they decided, Uh and they used it and used it and used it. And let's see if you've heard of it. Uh Off the chain was Uh their their thing. Like, oh, that's cool. That's off Off the the chain. and i've heard of that before like like in a really kind of lame way like yeah, yeah i definitely heard i've definitely
0: heard that yeah
1: and so that I, came from has, a church i don't want to say that definitively but yeah just a group it of, was a, you know
0: it was a intentional slang generation
1: yes it was an intentional that's Wow, the point, it can like, be it was done told to me that's as like a inspirational. let's see if we can do this
0: that's really inspirational
1: um, we should look into the etymology of off the chain. I am really grasping at straws, though. I wasn't uh, saying something. I wasn't prepared, and I didn't look it up or anything.
0: So. Grasping at... Did you just come up with that one?
1: Oh, well, you know... Grasping no, at straws? No. <laughs> yeah, I did, because it just felt like straws are... Uh, it makes are sense like, to me. Uh, they're not sturdy, but
0: like... Well, like um, when you, uh, you know. have a soda, and you don't want to drink it out of the cup, and so you kind of uh, grasp for a straw to I use. I'm just
1: grasping at... No, I was thinking more like hay, like dried out hay. It's just oh. really flimsy. Oh. Grasping it. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. You could be right, though. I'm just grasping at a bunch Grasp of soda cans. Grasping at the
0: straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, why are they? Why are these soda can things so mean toward camels, and, and why are they... I don't know. <laughs> um, but... To transition to something I did a tiny itty bitty little bit of research on. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk to you about gate control theory of pain. The gate control theory of pain. Okay. okay. Gate control theory of pain. I don't know what, but you can say it how you want. Um, but we were uh, taking a baby course on Saturday. It was like a six-hour baby course, and when I say baby course, I mean like preparation. Uh, for the birthing process and all that that entails and mm-hmm. like how to be a good partner was like interwoven into that and I appreciated that um, And one of the things that they just tossed out was a quick graphic and says if you don't know about the gate control theory of pain, uh, it's, it's really you know research backed and, and, and very well established in the scientific community um, but essentially, and this is how it was described to me uh, was that, It's like, well, I mean, gate control. If you imagine your spinal cord as a gatekeeper, and the gate control theory of pain suggests that this gate can either let pain signals go through to your brain or block them, kind of like a bouncer at a club letting someone in or not. And Mm -hmm. so the idea, though, is that like since this spinal cord, I guess, is this gate control area, if you, if they said things like, if you while while she's in contractions, if you uh, massage her neck a little bit, or you and and positive encouragement, and you know maybe she's whatever chewing on ice chips, or there's just to just almost overstimulate with positivity so mm-hmm. that only that, that it actually doesn't allow as much pain to go through. And I was just sort of curious if like, are you buying that on some level, or does it sound like it, it, it sounds it makes total sense to me. And and I don't know if it just sounds like scientific, though. It just sounds like something I would make up and go, that tracks, you know? Like, clearly, I can't experience all things, or I've been distracted, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's why people look away when they get a shot, right? Because they don't see the needle going in. It doesn't hurt as much for some people. I have to look, because the idea of not seeing it, like, you know, watching the needle go in, I, I, I don't feel as in control. I, watching it goes in actually settles me. But it, it upsets some people because like that that makes the pain more horrific to them. Um, what do you think? Are you buying this gate control theory?
0: Um. Uh, yeah. I can. I mean, it sounds plausible to me. I mean, you know, there's two there's two kind of areas of it. I imagine, right? The physiological level, like how do you, how are your nerves actually uh, receiving the damage signal, uh, and then perpetuating that to your brain for um, you know, for for processing, that, that's one thing. That's a physiological thing. And then there's the psychological yeah. thing, which is how does your brain, which is receiving these signals, um, you know, how, how do you focus on them or how is your attention affected by what signals your brain is receiving? So there's kind of a psychological and a physiological, and there's probably significant overlap uh, between the two. And I don't – you know, I did learn about some of the physiological stuff before – it, it's been a while, and I remember like afferent and efferent and myelin sheaths and all that oh, good Bennett's jazz. Smart, guys, Bennett's really smart. Sodium <laughs> and potassium action potentials, ah. you know, all <laughs> yeah. that good stuff. Um, yeah, I know,
1: I know, I know. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I guess just thinking like from my rudimentary understanding, it kind of makes sense if you have a nerve, and it's this ionic potential going down at which is how it kind of transmits information. If you overwhelm it, then, you know, you're not going to be able to squeeze too many signals through the gate, you know, so to speak, right? So that kind of sort of makes sense anyway, but that, I I just, I'm not well read enough on that to be able to talk too much about it from the psychological, psychological perspective, though, that makes a little more sense to me because I think how fundamental attention is, to yes. our experience right like what we pay attention to i mean that's huge we, we had a whole podcast a long time ago on attention and it's super important uh like it's where i actually buy into some mind over matter kind of stuff yeah
1: um, yeah well i was gonna get into a little bit of mind over matter but yeah i mean could you even argue that attention is who we are like we are little more than our attention like in terms of maybe i'm sounding too grand here but like What we pay attention to, like that's—I mean, what else are we than what we pay attention to? Like, I'm concentrating on you right now, and I've—you know—I'm paying. I decided to do that in our conversation, and like, Mm. Uh, I mean, it seems to go very, very deep. It's not just huge, but it is how we uh, experience. Yeah, is who we are, like or how we navigate.
0: I don't know I I would say it is who we are, because even animals have attention, right? But they don't have identity so much like we do. So I think that who we are, if you want to put it in those terms, it's like a combination of attention, memory, and consciousness, something like that. Because without memory, then we're always in the present, and we can never establish an identity. Memories are
1: created by attention, though, right? Because they had their... They're yeah, maybe. That's like yeah. The, the building block would be attention to create memories. Yes, yeah, sh- yeah,
0: sure. I could, I could go along with that. Okay. Without attention, nothing makes it in. You know.
1: So yes, it, yeah. yes, yeah. So I let's can... start. But then, what were you going to say about consciousness, though? So I'm by uh, without
0: um, consciousness, we're just you know we're just empty vessels. And then without attention, yeah, nothing. We have no experience.
1: I guess you're right that I'm, I'd be like if if the most the most baseline term, if, if we had to reduce ourselves to one, would be conscious consciousness, like whatever the hell that is. By the way, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like yeah. we gotta, you gotta have it, and then you gotta be able to direct it, and that directing is what I'm calling attention,
0: right? Um, but attention is interesting because you, I mean, it it requires focus. Well, focus and attention, you could even use synonymously in a way, but like we have the capability to receive inputs. All the time from all over the place, from inside of our bodies, from our toes, the pain in our toes, the tickling in our toes or sound from the world outside or light beaming in and reflecting off of things into our eyes, which we then process and smells and tastes and all of these signals that we're bombarded with, our memories coming from inside of our brain in mysterious fashion, fashion that we still don't understand, all of that stuff competes for our attention at all times. And we, as conscious beings, have to choose a narrow slice of all of that rich data to, f- to focus on, to put our attention on. And that guides much of our behavior, especially our conscious behavior. So, yeah, super, super important. And, and you know, when you think about pain, p- I mean, pain demands your attention. Yes, it's one
1: of the most demanding sensations you can have. It is, I would even say.
0: Right, and yeah. I mean that's his, that's its purpose, like it's its biological purpose is to say, "Oh, you're being damaged right now, and you need to pay attention to this attention. and fix it like that's the whole point so um, so
1: here's what I don't understand then okay, well like mm-hmm. i had this I had this thought while you while we were talking about this is that okay, I have a field of vision, and I can. I think, I think everything, my field of vision is capturing everything within it, you know, yeah. uh, but I, and I can see multiple things at once. Like, I'm bombarded with, we'll call it nearly, not. I shouldn't say nearly infinite. Like, right now in my field of vision, there might be uh, 400 items if I were to calculate each little granular item. Uh, The coins in this, you know, on my desk and the whatever. Let's call it 400 bits of of, of stimuli coming at me. You probably see in 1080p. Yeah.
0: Something like that.
1: And of the 400 bits, I can see consciously right now um, maybe 10 or 15, weirdly. I mean, I'm not looking at them, but in my periphery, I can just see... But I can pay attention to. Well, now we're getting down to one, maybe, maybe two. Like I'm mm-hmm. aware the screen is lit, microphones in front of me, but I'm paying attention to you. And so, what I want to know is that I, I, I kind of was operating under the belief that it's all, it, it, my, the machine of my body, my eyes are working, and it's all getting in there, and I but because i'm a finite being and not c- capable of processing the infinite that i mm-hmm. that i direct it with attention so the what i'm confused about with the gate control theory of pain is they're suggesting it's more physio what i'm talking about is psychological i can only pay attention to one but it's all yeah. getting in there but i can only pay attention to one but the gate control theory is saying no you can actually like you're experiencing less pain because i'm I'm talking about distraction distract them yeah what's the difference between and it really doesn't matter outcome wise if she's in labor or if you're experiencing pain and i'm going look over here look over here and i tell a dumb joke and they're kind of mad because the joke's inappropriate but even the anger is distracting from the pain but i would assume that the the pain signals are being sent and i would have assumed that they are getting there but the gate control theory suggests Maybe they're not even getting there. They really are getting crowded out. And that's mm-hmm. not psychological. That's like, like, I guess that's what physiological means, right? Yeah. Like that's so that's weird to me. Uh, Cause I just would have thought it definitely is being sent. It's just not being paid attention to. Um, does that distinction matter?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think it does. I think it does matter. Um, it's important. It would change how you, you know, if there's some. Therapeutic application, it would change what you do, right? Like, if if it's uh, if it's all about the brain only, then it doesn't it kind of doesn't matter where you perform your techniques, your distraction techniques or whatever. But if it's physiological, then you know if you want to if you want to kind of hush out foot pain, then you know all of your attention is going to be done somewhere between the foot and the brain, right? Or if it's a finger pain, then all of your attention is going to be paid somewhere between the arm and the brain on whatever that neural path is. I mean, I guess the the analogy that springs to my mind, which is probably not totally accurate, but I mean, it's a a water hose, right? Like, you know, you're sending water through the hose. And if you like, uh, if you pour some food colored water, food coloring water in at some moment, it takes time for it to progress all the way to the other end of the hose. If you crimp the hose somewhere in the middle, then you're never going to see that. Yeah, food coloring water come out the other end, so it's kind of like kind of like that. Not exactly because there would be other little tributary hoses going into the big hose. I guess the better analogy would be like a, a bunch of streams and rivers, you know, and going into a river or something like that, and the river leads up to the brain, kind of. Yeah, that's but it's I, interesting. I guess it just one one thing. Maybe this is uh, related. Like if you ever have like a mosquito bite and you don't want to scratch it because uh, maybe you don't want to you know make it bleed or get sure. a scab or whatever but if you like press around it uh you know like with your fingernails <laughs> or something you don't yeah, scratch yeah, yeah. it but you push not you don't touch the bite itself you just kind of press around it it soothes the itch of the bite i wonder if it's using the same kind of mechanism
1: i wonder and i and i'm a big believe for me I'm a, my observation of bug bites if i can refrain from scratching for about 24 hours yeah because you know it comes and goes in waves and wait oh it's itching really bad right now it's like if i can refrain from 24 hours it will go away like almost completely within 24 hours but if i give in subconsciously most of the time i don't even realize i'm scratching and i'm like oh no now i've
0: got a a four day like itch on my hands like seven day ah. itch <laughs> um it's kind of uh the same if your eye, if your eyes itch you know and you rub your eyes uh like if you got allergies or something and your your eyes are itchy like if you rub your eyes it seems to only exacerbate the problem
1: it, it seems to me we have a hard time measuring pain pain is so mm-hmm. even though it seems so uh it's a concrete and we'll let's talk physically for a second to distinguish like physical pain so obvious you slice your hand open and like there is pain how much pain like well it differs by each person so that measurement that that quantitative measurement of pain is just near impossible at least our current understanding um i mean i guess you can get that's why you have those charts in hospitals with the smiley face yeah right which always
0: seem laughable
1: well and if you say uh, if i said i'm at a 10 or i'm at a cry like how, who's how do you how do you know? And seriously, it's a real question. How do you know? I could we could all think you're a wimp, but if you are experiencing some massive amount of pain, and how do we know we don't, you don't aren't just exaggerating, or you're a hyperbolic person, or you're dramatic in your expression, or all sorts of things, right? Um, but but then you you complicate things even further to mental pain or or, or abstracted pain, guilt sure. or regret or these sorts of things, and and that's I mean, now we've just complicated infinitely, and I don't even know where to begin. So, with the gate control theory of pain, can can we can we let's say we let's take it as true for a moment that it just it works on a physiological level, it works to intercept and the the hose metaphor. All of this really works because it's rooted physically. Mm -hmm. Can we can we talk about abstract pain? non-physical pain and use the gate gate control theory yeah can you gate it That's not just what i said it's just pure distraction because distraction is different from this gate control right a little bit anyway in terms of methodology
0: i don't know Uh, well in terms of methodology yes but in terms of concept not really like if you think about our brain our attention our attention is the vessel through which experience happens and our nerves are the vessel through which pain signals happen. If yeah. you if you clog up the nerves and with a bunch of other stuff, right, then you're not gonna f- the pain is gonna get crowded out. If you clog up our attention with other stuff, then perhaps the pain, um, even even though it's not physically uh, derived, might get blocked out. I mean that if, kind of rings true, right? Like if you've ever been in a bad mood. Or you know, sad about something, or angry about something, or anxious. Then distracting yourself does work. Um, yeah, you know we'll if get you can mind off of it, kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly, if you can break through, and it's, you know, if you can break through that focus, if you can actually manage to shift your attention to something else, then then it works.
1: The old gender stereotype is that okay if there's a breakup. Let's say you went through a breakup, and Mm -hmm. I'd say Bennett, let's go to the strip club because we're guys, and I'm gonna distract you, Uh, or or, you know, let's go hang out and watch uh, Super Bowl Level Three or whatever. It's just like we're gonna go do something, and the 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 gender stereotype of the girls is let's lean in and talk about it and have a you know, men suck or or you know, Mm -hmm. you know, dating sucks, and like really lean in both seem appropriate to me and I guess that's the pain management is not like gate control is not saying we're the only methodology of pain management ever so I guess I guess I guess I'm kind of making the point I don't know like like where does gate control theory and gender stereo or gender behaviors come in it
0: <laughs> would be my question well of the two stereotypical behaviors that you said it seems like the the male behavior sounds more like gate control it sounds like distraction right it sounds yes, like yes. taking taking your focus away from uh the the problem um whereas the other one you know the talk, talking about it that sounds like something else a different a different strategy yeah, and, it, and it also just sounds yeah. it sounds to me also like you know, totally separate from gate control theory it sounds like you know one is a, a more short-term Um, strategy and want us a more long-term strategy I
1: guess I guess pain management is short-term distractors do what you can to survive this pain that's demanding to be felt in the moment and then the long-term strategy is problem solving yeah uh, and which is what the women's approach seems to be more geared toward is like let's investigate it let's unpack it let's talk about the
0: ending of the relationship and process Yeah, yeah right Right, right. So yeah, if you know, if you're presenting me that one narrow example, then like the actually the unpacking it, to a certain degree, it sounds like the better the better strategy, right? Like it's it's long term yeah. focused, whereas the other one seems, I mean, it, it, distraction has its p- place, of course, and time, time heals all wounds. They <laughs> say that's called the uh, time theory of, control or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Time control
0: <laughs> Time <laughs> theory. control theory is serious what they call that <laughs> well, well, can we apply?
1: Is there any reason let's let's talk about pregnancy or pain or whatever that you would actually want to like embrace the the problem like like be don't don't take any pain numbing, don't distract yourself really lean into it. This is an important moment in your life. Is there any validity into let's investigate it the same way or abstract pain and looking at problems that are in your life and you know exploring your demons it seems like yeah confronting that and not avoiding that is the best thing i mean maybe a temporary distraction a night out with the friends you know great but like you need to face that demon um is there physical equivalent where it's like it's it's birth you should really uh weirdly Mm -hmm. like lean into it and like I don't know what to say, relish so, or or like yeah, pain. I don't know. Is there any utility in that, or is that just anguish for no reason? Right. So,
0: all right. So I have a couple, just only a couple things that spring to mind. One, I think came from you. Um, didn't you tell me in your all of your birth research stuff that like if you get an epidural, if a woman gets an epidural, then she's actually more likely to tear or you know be be injured during the um, the the birthing process whereas if you don't get an epidural and you can feel the pain then i guess maybe you're a little bit more you're not as uh vigorous with your birthing uh and you know you don't injure yourself as much you
1: can read your you're more in tune with your body than when you're numb is the is the idea behind this i know the hospitals have really they pushed or they are they are more than happy to do epidural so they try to downplay i mean they try to realistically say here are the drawbacks Well, that's but big epidural that's, for you yeah <laughs> big epidural um <laughs> i do i do feel like they were downplaying the risks because it seems to me that lots of women or maybe i don't actually don't know the percentage but they just wanted it to seem like this is a normal routine thing and here you go let's dispel some myths and were seemed very by dispelling all the myths they were like pro but I don't care what you say, and there are arguments out there about, like, yeah, being more in tune, uh, yeah, allows you to physically navigate with the caution that your body, like, you're you're all in harmony with your, the, the, you know, it's sending signals to you, and you're reading them, and that's not inherently a bad thing, even though it's not enjoyable, it's like, I'm reading my signals loud and clear, and nowhere to steer clear, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like, heard
0: another thing came to mind but so there's there's that thought about the epidural there's another which is like maybe in like a very traumatic near-death experience the pain keeps it grips your attention and keeps you conscious whereas if you were you know if you were not like if you're numb you might drift off into um, unconsciousness and then die but if you're like in strong pain that would you know, it would fire your, uh, you know, your adrenaline and you would just be all amped up in order to get out of danger or something. Maybe. That makes sense too. And then the other thing that came to mind is that, you know, our stress response, human stress response, um, is tied to our ability to, uh, to make memories in a way. And there's a, there's a learning aspect to it where if you actually sidestep the stress if you sidestep like their cortisol response and all that stuff, then you actually don't completely form uh, lasting emotional memories for the, for those particular events. So maybe there's some meta level where, you know, if you kind of take the cheap way out and you skip over the pain, then you're actually not, you're not going to be able to emotionally resonate with that memory to the same degree that you would have otherwise.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. But that's kinda of, that's all that comes to mind, like on the physical level. Like no, there may be another kind of meta psychological level where you might want to experience the pain so that you know, oh, I shouldn't do the series of actions that led to this pain. Like, you know, I shouldn't do that again.
1: When when I studied abroad in New Zealand and I tell this story to my students basically every year about skydiving and going up in the plane, and I tell a long winded story, but um I I say this as a part of the story but it's true I at the time anyway I peaked on fear I and it was this interesting revelation of I can't get more scared is that even true I don't know I'm sure if my life were actually if I were in the the basement of a killer and I'm tied up it would have been a different type of fear but for this particular thrill-seeking fear there was some reality acceptance of i may you know this there's a degree of danger and i could die i don't think i will by the way or else i would just not do it but like i i had this very powerful moment of i my body i'm freaking out and then i peaked and that was a curiously rewarding experience of going well back to the we are finite beings we are limited in our capacity to feel mm-hmm. and experience and i and to explore the outer Barriers of that is, is yeah. that, it's kind of oddly neat. I don't mean to say I want no, no, we no. should all like, like be pain, your well, pain, uh, and
0: see what our limits are. But like you know, there's something to be said for that. I, I mean, it's. I think it's good to kind of push and find out where the boundaries are because now you have the perspective to compare. Right, like if you're if you have a, a meeting with your boss, or you have some angry parents, or third eye blind breaks up, or any of these. <laughs> really scary eventualities that could happen like you know where on the scale they go from from zero to skydiving you know (laughs) yeah no
1: (laughs) third half behind don't even joke man don't even joke
0: i'm just trying to present scary scary things very scary thought
1: so yeah yeah well yeah knowing i mean we should be adventurous and exploratory. It's what it means to live. And so exploring boundaries is what, I mean, have you even heard having children? And I like the description of they are boundary testers. That's what it means to be a kid. And it's mm-hmm. actually maybe what it means to be a, a human being. Uh, to now get that's there. deep. That's worth a micro
0: poem. <laughs> I bet Third Eye Blind has a song about that for sure.
1: Well, what's the What, like, g- kids are trying to find their way in this big crazy rock around the sun, third blue, oyster blue from yeah, the sun. You know? <laughs> they're trying to find their way, well, so are we, and we're finding boundaries. And, like, they're and some are self imposed. The thing is, when we're adults, we can kind of understand our boundaries better and learn quicker and all of that, but like. Because they might be personal boundaries of ooh, I don't want to mess with that. Like the better I can at setting my own boundaries instead of letting the world set them for me, the better. Like that's actually yeah. what it means to be uh, mature. Maybe is that I'm not. I, I'll set the boundaries before the world does, because the world's a lot less gentle. Um, yeah, and that's what good parenting is too. I guess is to let them explore, but don't you know? Like that ha- set boundaries before the world does, because the world will. Yeah, it can be vicious
0: um mm, there's also the the component of I mean your self set boundaries could be wrong in fact yeah. often are wrong and people that's Probably. why people push their boundaries or go beyond their limits or well, whatever I have a silly I have a
1: silly example for you really quick my, okay. the, my English team threw a, a baby shower for us on on sunday and um a couple of things it was so sweet that they did it i loved it i was really excited that, that they wanted to do this how thoughtful for me and danielle like how thoughtful of them for us um i have sunday like mild anxiety or whatever like sunday scaries whatever you call it um but so i was like dang it why does this have to be on a sunday but that's you know that's and I say that because I went with this sort of. It is Sunday. It's three thirty. Ah, the sunset. And then, and then I knew the moment came that we all had to open the gifts. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I weirdly had not really, for some reason, anticipated that because there's a. You know, my parents are throwing a shower, and we're kind of like we don't want to do it. We don't. We don't want. We don't want to do the opening gifts in front of everyone part, um, yeah. especially with like a bigger crowd and stuff. Um, and lack of familiarity i know, I know where this is going better or worse. i know i know where this um, is going so you're
0: saying that you need to have someone come in and like massage your shoulders and like <laughs> poke poke at your head and yes the pain s- to offset the play pain music loudly out. and the stuff so, theory. That, so that you can open <laughs> presents the gift control uh, the,
1: theory this the
0: gift control
1: theory i I, this was too long of a story because there's not. It's a non-story. The point is, we opened the presents and it wasn't that freaking bad. And I actually meant to talk with you off-air about this because you don't like it either. Yeah. But I guess might as well just share it with you now. Is that okay. Like, I was just like, man, if I look at my weird idiosyncrasies, I build that up to being pretty big, and so do you, by the, the way. The like opening thing or gift gifts. Thing? No, the opening up gifts oh, in front yeah. of someone and being pretty. I mean, I would admit a pretty. I don't know if neurotic or just some childlike resistance of I don't write the social strings and I have to perform for them and and i and i and I can probably wrap it in some um sophisticated language about how b s it is or whatever, but at the end of the day it's, I've made this kind of monster out of it I've, I've given it power this 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 resistance to it and it's like i felt a little silly i opened it up it was not hard i opened the gifts i made a joke about being awkward i made a joke at the end okay now y'all don't quit looking at us like now that all the gifts were open i made some joke like that yeah. or i said how am i supposed to do this and i awkwardly like because they all got me books because that was the theme they all got us kid books and, and we're english teachers great so i'm holding up the book to everyone to see is a this how of you different, do it Almost differently like sized
0: old. dictionaries
1: yep yep (laughs) a one was a one was b one was c you know um and and it was not hard Bennett and it wasn't that bad and it was just pretty normal and I thought I thought to myself like why am I like I'm pretty well-rounded and even and I, and I have these areas that are like I'm anxious about specifically opening gifts in front of someone or other and they're all actually pretty dumb and not that hard to overcome and i just thought to myself if i overcome some of these dumb Mm hang-ups i'll be even more ground like i think i'm mentally pretty stable i mean i get sadder, you know i have ups and downs like anyone but like i'm pretty stable and then i have weird idiosyncrasies that i kind of feed and it's like why don't i just not do that (laughs) this is a dumb it it felt revelatory to me because it was an experience i had Sure, sure but like like and it sounds not that interesting to say oh face your fears you'll be better for it but i am saying that it was like this dumb little moment i'm like why am i building these moments up like we should just open even when my parents throw we should just open them and if it makes people a little happier and like it's not my favorite thing to do uh we should just do it because i mock people that say like oh i can't handle hospitals like like, or, you know, I, I mean, I really have known people growing up that wouldn't see their parents in a hospital because it just, freak, quote, freaked them out too bad. And I thought less of them. I'm like, you're weak. No one loves hospitals. Hospitals are where people are go to be sick or die mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, get the heck over it. Like, yeah. this is, they, people need you. So, so I have to kind of turn that lens to me and go, I'm freaking out about opening up some gifts in front of people. Like, just get over it, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so, that was good. That was big for me. Good. Good for you. Congrats. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I, I get where you're coming from. And, like, I, you know, we've talked about the gift-giving before, and, yeah, I'm not a fan either. And I used to be much more not a fan um, of it, but yeah. I've always done it. Like, yeah. just you just have to a and do it. it. And then as I've gotten older and more tired <laughs> and less willing, <laughs> less willing to put on a show, like, I just don't, I don't put on a show. Like, you know, it, if you're giving me a gift, I'll open the gift. If I like the gift, I'll say thanks. I'll say thanks yeah. in any event, yeah. but if I like the gift, then it'll be a more pleased thanks. And if I don't like the gift well, it won't be as much pleased of a thanks. Yeah. And, like, there's just no need to put on a show. And eventually people will learn, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll adapt to how you behave. Um, and if they don't like it, then they won't be around you anymore and if they do like it they'll continue to be around you and that's a better more peace of mind world right yes it's a harmonious world that way
1: another way of saying that is i used to resent the show that we're speaking of i don't want to put on a show i'm not going to do it and i would just kind of not do it but instead if i could understand that there are moments in life that you're gonna be in the show. Like life happens and some of those moments are show moments. But that doesn't mean I gotta be the best performer. Like and that was what was happening is as a performer like what I was really saying is, oh my gosh, this is weird because I don't know how to be the perfect performer and because I don't know how to be the perfect performer, I'm frustrated that there's even even a show. But like I can't avoid all the moments in life that involve some showmanship And, and I just have to Be like what you said. It's the same way of saying what you said. Is that like, yeah, I'll find myself in that situation. The show must go on, I guess. And and you're just not gonna be the performer that they necessarily want. And like, but if they know you well, they'll be like, that's that's just Bennett or whatever. And like that, like they, uh, everything's in harmony because and that way you you both open the gift and didn't you didn't like so everyone wins actually in that case like just. They get whoever needs you to open these gifts or whatever social nicety that like means something to someone, they got it and you got to be honest (laughs) or like, you know, not have to dance and be super weird.
0: One thing that I find pretty comforting and I think you should probably find comforting as well is that just generally I'm just a competent person. You know, I have my strengths like football and my weaknesses like (laughs) – how fast water evaporates. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those are kind of my boundaries. What's um, your go-to
1: weakness. Can we just say that that's your it's not, it's not I'm only, not a perfect guy. I'm not gr- great at everything. I don't know precisely. It's not the just my go-to water.
0: weakness It's my only weakness. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. My that's my like gate control theory scale. Like you're you're skydiving, I'm like, "Oh, I don't know how long this water is going to take to dry up." <laughs> um but but what I was gonna say is like yeah, I'm just a generally competent dude and so you know any generally competent dude should be able to open some presents or you know do whatever mildly unpleasant social interaction and just get through it. You don't have to excel yet. like you said, you don't have to be a showman, but like you're gonna you're just gonna accomplish it. I can go to a hospital, like I can just do I can go to a funeral, like just suck it up and do it. Any competent person can. Uh, right. And, like, you're a competent person, too, yeah. so you can just, you can do anything. anything. You put your mind to you it. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. You Thank might... you, Bennett. We're such good friends. I, I feel like we are it's just a treasure trove of novel advice. Yeah, you, I,
1: know, I feel a little guilty for like, but isn't that what life is, is that having personal revelations that seem yeah. really powerful and sharing them and then and, and everyone's just like, yeah, it's kind of like just be nice to your, be nice and like, <laughs> don't be an idiot. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, I really learned today. Oh, be man. nice to other it people. It
0: finally sunk in.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but today it feels so today. immediate to me. Yeah,
0: right.
1: <sighs> okay, well, that's enough.
0: That is enough. I say
1: right. uh, I say goodbye. Uh, goodbye.